if you're not competing at all, then you are slowing your own progress or you have completely halted it. You are, you've hit a massive plateau because you're, you're no longer competing with yourself. You're no longer trying to get better. You're no longer competing with others. Or you're no longer inspired by others too. So you, you, you find this way of perhaps, oh, comparison is the thief of joy. So I won't compete with anybody and I'm going to be happy. And I think that could not be farther from the truth. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Stronger, Healthier, Happier podcast. We are very excited to have you with us and thrilled to have the opportunity to improve together. We believe that by paying close attention to our mindset, movement, sleep, stress, nutrition, and network, that we can create the life we were intended to live. Here is to a stronger, healthier, happier you. Hey guys, welcome back to the Stronger, Healthier, Happier podcast. Uh, It is episode 21. We're back. Merry Christmas, everybody. It's actually (laughs) not Christmas. It's a couple of days after Christmas, but we didn't do a podcast on Christmas, so we haven't chatted with you guys in a while, so Merry Christmas. We hope everybody had an awesome few days of holidays. It was definitely different for everybody this year. It almost doesn't need to be talked about. I think we hope we can just (laughs) have maybe a different type of Christmas next year, but uh, we we hope you guys had a good one with, um, yeah, the people in your house. Yeah, we uh, we definitely had a quiet but lovely Christmas. I cooked a beef wellington, which has (laughs) quite a few steps, so I would never normally be able to take it on on a day like Christmas because we'd be kind of running around everywhere. Um, so it was kind of, yeah, super fun to take on the challenge. Yeah. I think when we focus on the pauses, like we like to do on this show, it was quiet and that's okay. It also reminded me and allowed me to reflect that I kind of miss the hustle and bustle of Christmas Eve and Christmas. And, uh, I kind of miss my cousins and aunts and uncles and my Baba and, I always miss them and it's nice to see them, but I maybe don't realize it as much normally. And this time of year definitely made me think that I hope next year we can kind of get back to the things we used to do. Yeah, I think we we were reflecting and I think it's very typical for people to feel a little bit stressed or maybe a lot stressed just leading up to, to Christmas and Boxing Day and Christmas Eve. Um especially with families in different cities, having to kind of be everywhere with everyone in two days time can be sometimes very overwhelming. This year was nice in the sense that it was quiet and, you know, it was really, I mean, I don't even remember last time that we spent Christmas like at home. Um, We've also spent the last like, yeah, trillion days, 40 days at home (laughs) and every day has been quiet. So I think we missed the the business because yes. we've been. Uh, However, but I th- I think we ended on maybe we can find some kind of balance because uh, we did miss a little bit of the hustle and bustle, but maybe not to the point where it's um, Jen's turning into Scrooge in the corner because it's just a little bit too much. So yeah, it's good time to reflect and plan ahead for next year and maybe not be so Scroogey. Yeah, we. <laughs> We watched, we got to watch Home Alone. We also watched a few other Christmas movies this year. Yes. I think the one I would uh, recommend the most, if you haven't seen it, is Klaus on Netflix. Unreal. It's animated. I think it either won an Oscar or was nominated for an yeah, Oscar. Yeah, Academy Award. Is that the same thing? Yeah, I'm not okay. sure. We don't but, have cable. Uh, <laughs> Klaus on Netflix is a great movie, guys. Um, it's animated, so especially if you have kids, but we watched it by ourselves and mm-hmm. it was awesome. We also watched the newest Grinch movie, which is also animated, which was also awesome. Yeah. And, um, it turns out Santa also listens to our podcast mm-hmm. because after the last podcast, I mentioned Zachy likes the peanut butter squares. 
and uh, Santa dropped off a couple buckets of them or yes. tins. Two two Santas. Two dropped Santas off. dropped them off. So thank you to so the incredible two Mrs. Clauses out there who listened and dropped me off some treats. They were delicious. So I didn't know that many people listened to this thing and then dropped off stuff at our house. So <laughs> I will also take a sports car. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Thank you guys. That was pretty cool. What else is new, Jen? Well, we are. So I don't know if we actually talked about this on the last pa- podcast because we are with Coach Ron. But starting in December, we decided to take on the are we t- kind of calling it the one a day challenge? We don't have an official name. We don't have name an official yet. name, but we've talked about it before um, in a newsletter and what it is. So we started December 1st. And so you do one rep of something that you want to work on December 1st, December 2nd, you do two reps, December 3rd, you do three reps all the way through the month. And I forget what the number is, but it's, it's a lot. It's like above 450 on a 31 day month. Yeah. If it's a, if it's a a 30 day month, I believe it adds up to 465. If it's a 31 day month, which December is, it adds up to 496. So the idea is that you pick... I mean, you could do this with anything. You yeah, could do reading. it with reading, yes. Yeah. Um, I think as far as movement goes, pick a movement that you want to get better at, something maybe that you're, it, it's a weakness for you. Jen picked handstand push-up, handstand push-ups. Zach picked strict press, and today was December 27th, so we did 27 reps of our movement. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, it's really cool. I, I'd recommend it to anybody, I think, pull-ups come to mind or push-ups come to mind and again when it starts off December 1st we literally just did one Mm. December 2nd we did two December 3rd we did three the idea is that you this is straight from atomic habits you start really small and just build the habit build the consistency and yeah I mean we're on day 27 so in four more days if I keep up with this which I'm going to I would have done 496 uh, tough strict press throughout the month and in a normal month, if I'm being perfectly honest, I usually do zero extra reps of strict press. So I think we both kind of just grew tired of ourselves whining and complaining whining about, about these <laughs> movements not ones. improving. And we just went at it. So it, it's such a easy, simple thing to include, you know. It's easy to stay on track because if you know the date, then you know what you're on. Yeah. And you, I mean, even tomorrow... 28 reps of it only takes a few minutes it's not like it takes an hour it, you can do it over five or ten minutes well my handstand push-ups often take longer than <laughs> five or ten minutes so let's be honest <laughs> but yeah it's going really well so far and i think we are kind of starting to see the benefits of just slow steady increases this challenge that we're kind of doing with movements this is something we've talked about in this podcast lots before and it's kind of our almost our approach to anything is Start small and slow, build the habit, work on being consistent, not focusing on the outcome or trying to jump too far ahead too quickly. So we've really enjoyed this over the last 27 days. Um, new books. I just finished uh, How to Talk So Little Kids Will Listen and enjoyed that one. And I am now finally uh, reading Becoming by Michelle Obama. It's her biography or autobiography, I should say. And I was on hold at the library forever, but there's no late finds or really due dates right now. So I'm excited to finally have my copy here and chugging away through that. I am reading Star Wars Darth Plagueis. This is my first Star Wars chapter book novel i've read lots of or constantly reading star wars dictionaries nerd alerts here um but this is my first star wars novel darth plagueis and i think for quite a while i've been reading i read the harry potter series so kind of pleasure reading there and then i went on uh, a ryan holiday spree and lots of reading for learning i suppose even though I did enjoy those books, but this is kind of um, kind of back to just reading for, for fun or reading for pleasure, and I've kind of enjoyed the, uh, the change there just to 
yeah give those other books a break for a bit we're super excited too we have our rocker library getting set up uh at the gym so we have all of the books that we've bought over well the last number of years and probably even before that um, at the gym with little library cards all ready to be checked out uh borrowed to be read and hopefully someone else can find some joy in them just like we did and do you have anything else that's new new should we get into my new hobby yes let's get into the hobby that is minorly taking over our lives (laughs) (laughs) lots of spare time over here these days um with the gym still being closed and we're kind of still doing our gym work but i decided to pick up another hobby i'm a huge fan of clues and mysteries and escape rooms i've done a few escape rooms and just absolutely love that stuff so i had this idea to create a kind of like a escape room that can be brought to your living room so i have this giant uh trunk it's called the what do i call it the mchammington mystery box mchammington yes. mystery trunk so yeah. it is basically com- basically completed i think it's like 95 percent done but it is ready to go and ready to solve. So if anybody out there loves solving clues or mysteries, and if you enjoy escape rooms, then you should reach out to me. (laughs) And I would love to bring my trunk over. Uh, It's pretty heavy, so Jen will help me load it into the van. For the trillionth time. And I will drive it to your house and put it on your doorstep. And you can bring it to your living room and basically turn your living room into a escape room. Yes, I have done a beta test phase of the mystery trunk and thoroughly enjoyed it. I don't like to brag. I think it's pretty cool. So I hope uh, I'm dropping If you like combinations and you like clues and you like locks, you're going to love it. Indiana Jones meets national treasure type stuff. Um, it should be pretty fun. I'm dropping it off at a buddy's house tomorrow. That's kind of like the first official run through. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, yeah, the only thing that's tough is I had so much fun making it that it's kind of like that was the fun, you know. And I think bringing other people fun will be also enjoyable for me, but I don't get to sit there and watch them do it. So, but um, yeah, anyway. We might get them to FaceTime. Yeah. <laughs> so if you guys are into that stuff, you can reach out. I'm looking for more participants. Are we good there? Yes. Just to finish off before we head into our actual segment here, I have a bonehead move of the week. I, <laughs> yeah, I, Jen McMillan, uh, got into the van that was already started on a cold day at the gym. I did what I thought was turn the key to turn it on fully and put the car into or put the van into reverse and then couldn't figure out why it wasn't moving. Oh, okay. It's not actually on. Not a big deal. I'll just fully turn it on. It was on from the command start and I can't move the key and I can't get the key out and I can't figure out what's going on. And so I sit for five minutes and wiggle and jiggle the key and move the steering wheel. Cannot figure it out. Phone Zach. Does he know why the key maybe wouldn't come out? I'm looking through the manual. He's on the Google. First thing that Google tells us. (laughs) Put it in park. (laughs) Is the car in park. And yeah, if you were wondering, your vehicle will not allow you to release the key while it is still in reverse, even if it's not on. Um, So yeah, wasted about 15 minutes in the parking lot there. Felt like a complete moron and moved on with my day. Hope you guys like that one. That was a bonehead move, but could happen to any of us, Jen. Don't feel it too <laughs> bad. All right, guys. So we have a kind of a new style, new segment that we're going to try out on this podcast. This is called Light Side, Dark Side. Reference from Star Wars. There's got to be some Star Wars fans listening that would get that. So Light Side, Dark Side, where we take a couple topics and talk about the good side or the bad side the good and the evil um things we like and things we don't like about these topics so we are going to start with the light side and dark side of competing with others and we are going to start with the dark side on this one 
Yes. The dark side, the evil, the bad of um, competing, I guess, or comparing. Yes, competing or comparing. Yeah. Um, I think this segment is is great because there are a ton of topics that have negatives and positives. And in the end, I don't know if necessarily we're here to determine whether something is good or bad. We're just here to talk about the parts of it that are good and the parts of it that maybe are not as good. So getting right into competing with others or comparing with others um, and the dark side, I think the, the quote that came to mind first for us was, comparison is the thief of joy. Yeah. So when you are, again, we're just going to call it competing. Whenever we are competing, we are comparing to other people. And if we are constantly comparing to where we are at currently and where someone is at currently, oftentimes it takes away the ability to enjoy the experience for what it is. We see it lots and lots in our gym, either with new members or members who have been there a long time, that I know deep down in their hearts, they're when they joined the gym, they loved it and they loved the experience and they loved the classes. And I know that's still there, but somewhere along the lines, they started basing their experience off of where they rank with other people. Yeah. And I think it. and again, we're going to get into the light side of competing. I don't want to bounce back and forth too much. We're going to get to the light side, but the truth is that what other people do in anything is 100% out of your control. You could be the best person in the gym and then the next day someone else signs up and it's Matt Fraser and he's going to blow you out of the water. So who you're with or who you're competing against, they're results, their effort is completely out of your control. So to waste any time and energy and happiness on worrying about other people is, that is a bonehead move. That is such a waste of your own energy and happiness when what you should be focusing on is yourself and just putting in the best effort because that is something you can control. Yeah. And we have seen this before where people will be stoked with their workout in the morning and then eight hours later someone in a later class uses that side of competition and beats their time and then all of a sudden that same person that was stoked hours before with their effort and with their workout for the day lets that one person that beat them kind of flip the switch and then they're no longer happy with their workout. They're no longer proud of their effort based on the fact that someone that beat them shouldn't, or someone that shouldn't have beat them has beat them. It, it happens probably on a daily basis. Yeah. And, and the, the problem with that too is why do we think that person shouldn't have beat us? Mm-hmm. Why, do, why do we think we're better than them? Like it's just such a, again, waste of brain power to, even think those things there maybe that person is way better and yeah I mean they're they're just their workout is not related to my workout so I'm not sure we have these um, already like the, the these preconceived rankings yeah. that yes. we feel like we should fall here where I just think that's just we're not doing those things to have these rankings or this make-believe praise that's going to come from, I don't know, social media or the gym. It doesn't even exist. So I just think in that sense, when we're constantly comparing weights and scores and if it's affecting, again, if it's stealing our joy, if it's um, affecting our happiness, then we kind of have to get a grip on it. Yeah. Yeah. You want to flip to the light side? Yeah. Okay. The light side of competing is that, first off, we would both agree, I'm a huge fan of competition. And 
it's because it makes me better. Um, and I'm not sure if it's from 20 years of playing competitive sports or if I've just learned in the last, you know, we've matured, matured, we've matured. We've learned in the last five to 10 years, but, um, competition is a good thing. Okay. This is the light side here. And this is the takeaway we want from, for people to get on this one is that competing is good. Tom Bill, you says it uh, in one of his podcasts that people who always avoid competition are going to struggle in life because if you want to get better, if you want to improve, you need to seek competitive environments. You need to kind of look for people who are going to make you better. So, which means that they're likely better than you are at this stage. Yeah. Or they're close to you. Mm -hmm. But the reality is when you're, if you're not competing at all, then you are slowing your own progress or you have completely halted it. You are, you've hit a massive plateau because you're, you're no longer competing with yourself. You're no longer trying to get better. You're no longer competing with others. Or you're no longer inspired by others too. Yeah. So you, you, you find this way of perhaps, oh, comparison is the thief of joy. So I won't compete with anybody and I'm going to be happy. And I think that could not be farther from the truth. Because once you settle into a giant comfort zone, that is the end of growing. And if you're not growing then you are dying and as humans we love growth and when we see improvement we love it so you have to find a way to compete because you love getting better you don't compete so that you always win because that's just also not the case that if i compete with somebody again if we're in our gym we're in our grid and there's there's three people around me who are all very good. We all know we're kind of competing in this workout. And we're all pushing each other to be better. And even if I lose to all three, I need to have the mindset that, wow, I had such a good workout. I worked so hard. Those guys beat me, but they pushed me way past the point I would have been at if I was here by myself or just chose the option not to compete. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's, and again, we're not perfect. It's not like I've never had a pouty, <laughs> a pouty day after a workout. Yeah. You also don't have to love losing. Yes. But you can. Okay. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. That's I don't think, don't, don't fall in love with losing either. Yeah. I think it's just being but okay appreciate with appreciate that the people that are around you that are better, number one, they did not get to where they are with luck. Don't ever say that anyone in a, in a, you know, in a place that you kind of aspire to be at has gotten there with luck. Always assume that they have put in so much hard work and that you are capable of that same hard work and that you can also get there. And number two, that they're going to help you get there. If someone is better at something and you're around them, you are automatically going to be dragged up than if you were just the absolute best. There's and everyone is below you. Like there's nowhere really to go from there. You're not going to be inspired yourself. So I think that we can take that inspiration and use it to, to kind of fuel our own motivation. Um, yeah. Competing for growth ourselves. Yes. Competing is not about winning or losing. It's about improving. Yoda says the greatest teacher failure is. And I know Yoda is just a movie character, but that is a great line. The greatest teacher failure is we don't learn nearly as much from winning, but if you work really, really hard and lose, you're going to improve faster. So if you want to get better at something, you compete and it doesn't compete. I, th I think that's the problem with the, this, you know, the, the, the dark side of competing is that competition or competing has such a negative connotation to it where I don't see that. And I like to think I've gotten to where I am today um, personally 
and um, with the business professionally, okay. thank you, professionally, is that even with the <laughs> gym, I compete with others. And I, it's, it's not competing in a malicious way that I'm like... Trying to take them down. Yeah, I'm not trying to shut gyms down. But when I... We follow a lot of gyms online and we visited gyms back in the day where we used to travel. But when we go into a new gym, I mean, Jen and I are... I mean, they don't know what we're, we're not there to compete with them directly that day. But I mean, our business is trying to compete with other businesses. We're trying to listen and learn and pay attention. And that's how we are pushing our business forward. If we just kind of did the bare minimum and didn't ever go into areas that were uncomfortable, then the gym would never grow. The business would never grow. And it would have been shut down a long time ago. So I think personally and professionally whether it's athletics or in the business world competing is good if you want to keep improving anybody out there who has done anything remarkable from the top athletes in the world or the top influencers and entrepreneurs it's because they seek out competition and they don't get discouraged when they lose they've just they just learn from losing Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, even on a, a personal level, I said to Zach probably about maybe a month ago, I said, I think I need to take a drawing class. And it's because I've always, I would say I've always loved competition. However, I tend to do things that I'm naturally very good at. I wouldn't say I love competition when I'm doing something that I'm not very good at. And that's something that maybe now, 36 years old, I can finally embrace that it's it's just the growth. I don't have to be the best. I can just get a little bit better and getting out of the comfort zone is going to make a huge impact. So for me, going into a drawing class would be the most uncomfortable situation I've probably <laughs> nearly been in in my life. But now I realize that that I should do that. I should just grow and I should be the worst because where else am I going to kind of get better at something that I have no skills with at all. Yeah. So here's our piece of advice. If you want to stay the same and you never want to improve, avoid all competition. Just sit in the comfort zone and you will never get better. And you may not have to go through anything challenging or uncomfortable, but you're also going to stay the same. So you can choose that path or you can choose to be somebody who steps into that uncomfortable zone seeks out competition because you are a person that wants to improve so we can run through this scenario in our heads you walk into the gym and there is the grid is set up and there are three really good athletes set up beside each other like really good like really rich good so we got rich froning um, that's why I said, pretend you just okay. walked into, um, yeah, Cross of Mayhem. And you see, oh my goodness, Rich Froning is warming up and he's in a square. And beside him, oh my goodness, it's Rich Froning and Matt Fraser. And Tia Toomey's beside them. There's three of them. Okay. And I know that most of us would look at that situation and perhaps not go near their squares because they are going to throw down and they're really good. But we really need to adopt the mindset that you're like, oh my God, there is an open square in their rig. And I would grab my shoes and I would sprint to that square knowing I get to compete with the best today. And they are going to destroy me because they're the best in the world. But I can also choose a lighter weight and choose different movements, but I'm still going to compete with those people because they're the best in the room and they're good people from what I can tell and they're going to make you better. So if you are a person who wants to get better, we need to seek out healthy competition. Love it. Good there. Okay, light side, that, dark side. That situation side. actually terrifies me as well, but I know it gives I'm, us I'm getting better. 36 I'm getting better. Yeah. But that is the truth. It even gets my heart <laughs> racing a bit. I was like, oh my, this, it actually felt real there. Yeah. That story was so legit. 
<laughs> I actually got my heart racing. But that's what we need to ask ourselves in those situations is there's a situation. It's, it's uncomfortable. My heart's racing. Oh my goodness, I got butterflies. Uh, my palms are sweating. Those are like, we take those as like, um, that's like fight or flight. And we, we choose flight. We choose to get out of that zone. It's too uncomfortable. I feel like when we get butterflies or we feel like things, our heart's racing, things are uncomfortable, we need to start, instead of those um, triggers, instead of interpreting them as negatives, when we start getting butterflies, we're like, okay, this is good. Embrace them. Yeah, embrace them. This is something uncomfortable. This is going to help me grow. This is growth. Yes. Yes. And I think if we slowly learn to do that, we start to seek out more things that are uncomfortable and they slowly we don't interpret them as negatives. We interpret them as positives, like public speaking or working out beside the best people in the world. Um, and that's kind of how we get into that healthy competition that I am here to improve, win or lose, I'm here to get better. So that's light side, dark side on competing with others. We are going into um, light side, dark side of New Year's resolutions. And we are four days away from New Year, so we feel like this is a perfect topic for today. This podcast will come out tomorrow, so it'll be December 28th, which will be three days before New Year. So um, this is a great one, I think, to end off our episode today. So light side, dark side on New Year's resolutions. We're going to start with light side. I think the first thing that came to mind on this one was... January 1st, start of a new year. I mean, I'd be lying if I said I didn't exci- didn't get excited about flipping a brand new calendar and writing in new things. It really is the perfect time to reflect on a year gone by and and what you see for the year ahead and and who you want to be in 2021. Um so I think it is just a natural time for people to reflect and set new goals. Yeah. And New Year's resolutions is it's goal setting. It's a form of goal setting. So having goals, having a vision for yourself is a good thing. Yeah. Any growth or any desire for growth is always good. Absolutely. So deciding you're going to do something different or make a change or improve. Hey, this year I'm going to seek out competition. I just listened to that awesome podcast. (laughs) She said I should seek out more competition. So in 2021, I'm going to get out of my comfort zone. So um, yeah, goal setting is a good thing. Um, it gives us direction. It's kind of, yeah, like Jen said, it's, it's a good chance to, I guess, yeah, start fresh and reflect and maybe head in a a different direction or maybe head in the direction we've wanted to go. But, um, we've kind of decided to make it a resolution or make it a goal. I think this time of year also just motivation is at an all-time high or feels like it's at an all-time high. A lot of us, myself included, I've been eating more than I normally do, treating more than I (laughs) normally do, drinking more wine than I normally do. Um, So it's like an antsy feeling. It's, it's, I don't like it. It's, yeah, I just don't feel great. And so I can completely understand how people are like, you know what? In three days, I'm going to turn this all around. Stops. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we're on board with all those things. Do we have any more light sides for New Year's resolutions? I think those were the. Yeah. And we wanted ones. to get those out of the way because if you have a New Year's resolution. So we're going to go in the dark side here of New Year's resolutions. I mean, the stuff we don't like. But we're not trying to insult anybody or if you have a new year's resolution, awesome. Okay. We're, we're all with you here. We want to talk about the stuff we don't like about new year's resolutions. So I think the, again, if we just kind of continue where we left off right now, December 27th motivation, all time high. So people tend to set goals that, are massive because the motivation is super high. It's this awesome day for a brand new start and a brand new you. We tend to set unrealistic goals that, um, you know, I, I like to think of it as, you know, 
your motivation level on January 1st, but then what is your motivation level on March 14th, cold, dark day, we've been in winter for six months. That's kind of the question. If you don't feel excited about that resolution on that cold, dark Tuesday morning in March, it's not the right resolution because that non-motivated day is coming uh, probably before March 14th. So yeah, I guess I just want people to set themselves up for success um, and not take these huge, huge leaps when motivation is at an all-time high. Yeah. So another dark side kind of related to Jen's is that y- you or we or I, we don't want to be people who need January 1st or oh, I'm going to start on Monday or I'm going to start next month or January 1st. That's when I'm going to make a change. There is no magical day in the week or a month or start of the year. There is no magic that is going to carry you through. So New Year's resolutions, the reason I hate them or dislike them, strongly dislike them, is because they don't work. They don't. And it's been proven time and time again they don't work because goals, as much as I like setting goals, having a vision, I mean, we do it with our business and we have a vision for our, you know, our business and we have goals personally is that Goal setting literally accomplishes nothing. It does nothing but give you direction. You can write it down. I'll write it right down. I got a pencil right now. Um, I want a billion dollars. No, I, I want $2 billion. That's my goal. I want $2 billion. I'm going to wait around and, and see if it shows up. And I hope we all have a chuckle here because it's not going to show up. You can't just have a New Year's resolution, say something, write it down. And because it's January 1st, and like Jen said, motivation has an all-time high, now I'm going to accomplish it. I want to lose 40 pounds this year. Um, Yeah, we're just not on board with those kind of New Year's resolutions because, like I said, if that's a goal or a vision, um, you know, that okay, that's good. We've kind of scratched the surface, I suppose, in the direction you want to go, but that is going to do nothing for you when it's minus 30 and it's March and it's dark outside and uh, actually never mind. I, I didn't really mean it. I, I, I don't really care about that New Year's resolution. Um, <laughs> we need to find ways to constantly move us in the direction we want to go. So if somebody said, yeah, like, I, okay, Zach, that was mine. I wanted to lose 30 pounds. It's okay, good. So I, I kind of have an idea of the direction you want to go. But now, instead of New Year's resolutions, instead of waiting for January 1st, let's just start now. You're going to get this on the 28th. Boom. Start today or start the 29th. Be the person who starts before New Year's so that you're not the New Year's resolution person. Just, you could tell someone else. Sometimes that accountability is good or keep it to yourself. But let's start with something real, not just words on a paper or um, a thought in our brain. Let's start with something real. You want to lose 30 pounds. Okay. So how many days a week do you exercise workout? Um, a lot of times when people start at the gym, it's like zero. So if you started with two days or three days of moving, you're, that is a huge step in the right direction. So the new year's resolution or the goal doesn't need to be, I am never eating junk food again. I'm losing 40 pounds. It's going to be like, Okay, starting today, the 28th, or if you listen to this on the 29th, starting today, I'm going to work out on Monday and Thursday. That is something I could get on board with. Yes. Something that is, well, not only actionable, that you can say yes or no, I did that or I didn't do it, Um but something that is manageable that you can have success with. And unfortunately, and I mean, we say this over and over and over again, but if you set the goal of losing 40 pounds, so that's your vision. And then you start to think about, okay, how am I going to accomplish this? 40 pounds in a whole year is, is a ton of weight. So 
with these small sustainable habits that we and many, many others a lot smarter than us are suggesting, by January 30th, you may or may not see a change. And that's okay. You're taking these small steps to get where you want to go. But I think, you know, magazines and, oh, lose 15 pounds here and 20 pounds here. And this person, you know, again with the comparisons, but it it's not meant to happen overnight. It's also, uh, this is a great, what Jen just said there, picking a number. If there's a theme to this podcast, it, it's probably this, that focus on the things you can control. To say I want to lose 20 pounds next month, I mean, technically, I guess you can control the things you eat and how much you work out. But the number on the scale is technically out of your control mm-hmm. because you don't have telekinetic powers to tell the scale what to say. What you can control is perhaps the things that lead towards a healthier lifestyle, which would lead to losing some body fat. So again, small actionable habits are in our control. So those are the things we want to focus on. So somebody says, I want pull-ups this year. I'm like, okay, you know, okay, I gotcha, sure. But what what are we going to do here to to move in that direction? Okay, and if somebody needs to lose some weight, if that's one of their goals or they need to lose some weight so they can get those pull-ups, you know, I, I kind of want to get more into it where we say like, okay, so what are some things you're doing right now that's perhaps contributing to you not losing weight? And if someone says, oh, you know, I... I drink quite a bit, you know, I drink quite a bit of alcohol throughout the week. So maybe we could say, well, I'll have two drinks on Saturday night, you know, or if I have 10 drinks a week, um, I'm going to start having only four drinks a week, you know, just four drinks on the weekend. So all of a sudden now we're actually, those are things that we can actually control. They are small, actionable habits. We're working on those pull-ups. So again, if the resolute, I want pull-ups, you know, I'm thinking, no, we, we need to we need to get into it a bit more. So how about we do one pull-up on January 1st? We do two pull-ups on January 2nd. And if we're working on pull-ups, I understand we don't have pull-ups yet, but we are doing modified, modified pull-ups or dumbbell rows, yeah. but we're actually doing something, not just saying I want pull-ups. January 1st, I do one ring row January 2nd I do two ring rows so we kind of take that method we talked about earlier and actually put it to use so that's what we want to see out of people's goal settings or new year's resolutions is you know get it off January 1st just start start on another day well with our one a day habit January 1st does make a lot of sense that is a perfect one (laughs) Um, but for any other day it doesn't have to be or any other goal I should say it doesn't have to be black and white December 31st to January 1st, you know, all, all the candy and sweets and drinks and then to none at all, because that's not, that's not realistic. So it it doesn't have to be these huge leaps. And unfortunately the little small habits, like if you write out and God forbid you post it on, you know, social media, like I'm going to work out twice a week. It's not sexy. That is not a sexy goal, but be proud of it. And, and have some success. Like there's nothing worse than setting a completely unrealistic goal and then failing in two weeks. And that's what happens. And then we feel, <laughs> we feel awful. terrible. We feel like a failure. And that's, that's why we, we have this roller coaster ride instead of being like, and again, I, I, if somebody wants to reach out, if they need to talk through this, that if we could get into it and someone's like, yeah, like I, I eat out like five days a week. I'd be like, okay, so a real serious, awesome goal would be next week you eat out four times and then you you accomplish that goal and then you feel good about accomplishing that goal and that's just a small change but at least that's moving in the right direction Mm -hmm. versus i'm never gonna eat out again. i'm never gonna eat out again and i'm just i'm not on board with that because it's not realistic i have never said things like that where you know i've had days where i eat um i'll eat like 12 pieces of pizza at a party and i don't feel good but I don't wake up the next day and go, I'm never eating pizza again. I start to think about, okay, what can I, what can I do next time? How can I make a better decision? 
maybe I don't need to eat pizza three times in a week. Maybe I can just eat pizza one time a week. And when I eat pizza, hey, Zach, that last time you had it, that 12 slices, you really didn't feel good after. So (laughs) why don't we go with six today? And again, we can start working on those small things that constantly move us in the direction versus trying to completely eliminate something. We make it two, three, four weeks, and then we just completely lose all of our progress because we've gone right back to where we were. Yeah, and I think the the last part of, I mean, setting any kind of goal or resolution, whenever it be in the year, is that, and this is straight from Atomic Habits, that I really kind of, I don't know if I've never really thought about this before, that you need to change the way you think about yourself. Um, because the way you think about yourself, the way you identify yourself is really why you're making certain choices when you're making them. So if you don't start to, for example, if you are someone that thinks that they need to lose weight, so you identify as someone that's overweight, um, you might make decisions as someone who needs to lose weight instead of being that someone that just prioritizes their health. I'm someone that prioritizes my health. And, you know, what would someone that prioritizes their health do in this situation? It's kind of, I don't, you know, reframing that positive self-talk to, or that negative self-talk, I should say, to positive self-talk and reframing who you think you are because ultimately your goals have to align with who you think you are or you're, or they also won't be successful. Yeah. When you become that person in your head, I prioritize my health. I am a healthy person. You start showing up to the gym a bit more often and then two days a week turns into three days, turns into four days and it's not difficult to get there anymore. And that's kind of your thoughts. Um, Your thoughts become your words, become your actions, becomes your reality. So we kind of need to start changing the way we think about ourselves first. Yeah, I think uh, this is maybe not exactly on the topic of New Year's resolutions, but Zach and I watched a great movie. Um, It is called Brittany Runs a Marathon, Netflix. Yeah, Yeah, Netflix. We didn't really know what to expect. No, Amazon Prime. Sorry, Amazon Prime correction um we didn't know what to expect and honestly this movie maybe not necessarily the new year's resolution part but just sums up the setting goals um like weight loss goals so for example when you achieve that you've lost 20 pounds you achieve it what then and so instead of just focusing on numbers, really focusing on the process and the love and the fun that you're having, um, kind of getting there. And Absolutely. if you, if, if you, you can spare two hours, it is, it's worth your watch. Yeah. We thought it was just a comedy and I, we, we basically watched it and we're like, wow, this movie has like a very powerful message. That's something we really believe in personally mm-hmm. and with our business. And it just kind of, kind of blew us away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because it had such a such a great message about enjoying the journey and there really is no destination. As corny as that sounds, there's not a day where we're like, hey, we're done, guys. So we wrap up this podcast, we close the gym, and we stop working <laughs> out. Like, no. <laughs> so I don't do this. So I, there's, there's no end goal. It's just decisions that I make because I prior, prioritize my health. Um, yeah, the last one kind of the last dark side of new year's resolutions. Um, this was a post today by optimize me nutrition on Instagram. And I just loved it. If you're prepping for January 1st by binging on junk food, you've got the wrong resolution. And this kind of sums up why I dislike, Oh, I'll start on Monday or, Oh, I'll start January 1st. This is why I dislike new year's resolutions because we are, essentially giving ourselves this green light to go off the deep end. Yeah. Like go way too low. And then thinking that January 1st, we're just going to completely turn it around. Like that is just such complete nonsense. And I, I don't mean to insult anybody if, if that's what you're doing or what you think is best, but I'm, I really want to kind of grab your shoulders and give you a bit of a shake to say, 
putting yourself deeper and deeper and deeper into the deep end. And then January 1st, you're just going to turn everything around. I'm just super against that. Um, because it doesn't work and science continually shows that it just doesn't work that you can't wait for magical Monday or this January 1st, new year's resolution to completely change your life. That's not going to work. We need to start with small positive habits, small positive habits starting now. Not tomorrow, not Monday, not January 1st. We can do this. Pick out one of your worst habits, maybe something you're just not proud of, whether it's not exercising or eating too much junk food, whatever it is, and find a small way to make an improvement and stick with it. That's how you kind of set goals that you're going to be able to achieve and build the habits you're going to stick with. Have a vision enjoy the process of working towards that vision one very small step at a time. Yeah. And we're always here to help everybody. You can text me anytime 204-721-2829. Let's talk through this together. None of this should be overwhelming. It's actually the complete opposite because small goals can be accomplished. And if you just keep hitting small goals, that's sustainability and that's what's going to lead us to wherever we want to go. Yeah. Love it. We good there? Yes. Hope you guys have a great week, um, a great day, and we'll be back again soon. And have a great New Year's, everybody. Enjoy it. You can still have treats. You can still have <laughs> some alcohol. We're not here to tell you to eliminate anything anything but we can still start now moving in the right direction you can still enjoy new year's you can still get it going in the new year have a good one everybody thank you everybody for listening to another episode we really appreciate your support and hope to have you back again soon we'd like to thank our sponsors ted good music and the band heat for allowing us to use their music until next time Let's keep rewriting our story and redefining who we are.